How you doing, everybody? The Jet Comic Podcast Network. Welcome to Sports Cars, a podcast where Chicago sports broadcasting pioneer and a national legal expert get into the legal goings of sports. And now your hosts, Chet Kopik and Lester Munson. All right, sports court time. How you doing, everybody? Chet Kopik along with America's premier sports legal analyst, Lester Munson, the pride and joy of ESPN. Lots of things to break down today. Of course, we're brought to you by the great folks over at John Coyne's American Taxi, Chicago's premier suburban taxi service. When you want comfort, reliability, the right price, and complete courteous treatment, always think about American Taxi. Uh, Lester, you have authored a remarkable piece on uh, Michael Vick, which uh, gives a full rundown on where he is financially, where he has been financially. Uh, For a guy who was living the life that uh, Michael Vick was uh, living, how do you suppose he feels that uh, now he is limited to $3,500 a month for rent on his Philadelphia apartment? He has, uh, Chet, a court-ordered budget. They tell him, a judge and a trustee in Norfolk, Virginia, they tell him how much he can spend on the Philadelphia apartment. They tell him how much he can spend on expenses. They tell him you can have one car. You can have one house in Hampton, Virginia. That's where his girlfriend lives uh, with their two kids. He's on a budget, and not only is he on a budget, it's going to last until the year 2015. That might cover his playing career, as near as I can estimate right now. Uh, Tamika Taylor, former girlfriend, and their son, they only get three grand a month. My question is obvious. Where did Tamika's attorney screw up? Uh, Tamika's attorneys must have missed the meeting where they were doling out the uh, budget <laughs> money because uh, the other girlfriend, the current girlfriend, uh, whom Vic refers to as a fiancé, She's collecting a lot more money than that for two kids, but Vic, of course, is still with her. Tamika uh, obviously did not do well for herself. Uh, the the two kids, the other two kids, go to private schools. Tamika's son goes to public school. It's a uh, it's not a good situation for Tamika. Uh, what might be most remarkable about the uh, piece I'm reading from right now is the fact that uh, uh, Vic indicated he's not sure whether or not he had eight or nine cars. I sat in court. This was when he was in the bankruptcy court. He's sitting there. He's testifying. They're asking him these questions. Uh, Mr. Vic, how many cars do you have? And he sat there with the blankest look on his face you have ever seen. And finally, the guy said, would it be eight or nine? And he said, well, that sounds about right. And then they say, could you name them? And he managed to name two, a Range Rover and a Mercedes-Benz 500 series. He couldn't name the other cars, and the reason he knew the Range Rover was he had driven that car to court that day. Otherwise, <laughs> I'm, he probably would have had, he would have been named only one car. Why have we called this sports court? This is a hell of a comedy routine. Yeah. No, he's, you know, when you see him play, and he's making these incredible decisions and playing as well as he is now, and then you see the way he was running his life and the, and what's happening to him now off the field, you wonder, if does it have to be two guys? It, it's just amazing. Uh, this is overwhelming. This is the kind of number that will knock your, uh, your socks from here to uh, Naperville. Vic paying his uh, bankruptcy lawyers $748,750 this year. 
this year, 2010, and then he keeps paying them. They're the ones who are making out the best in this budget, and of course they're the ones who put the budget together. He's also paying his agent a fantastic amount of money, $160,000 a year. Is that Joel Siegel? That would be Joel Siegel, and they do have an opportunity coming up at the end of this season. Uh, However, well, Vic continues to play. He's going to be a free agent. There's going to be interest in him, and he's going to end up with a very nice bonus and a very nice contract, and Siegel will do it. But that's still an awful lot of money to pay Siegel over the term of this budget. Well, given where uh, Michael Vick is physically right now and the fact that uh, he is still bona fide when you talk about uh, uh, a potential National Football League uh, uh, offensive most valuable player for uh, 2010, I'm going to uh, ballpark uh, Michael Vick on the free agent market. Lester, I'm going to give him a contract that will be in the vicinity of 70 to $80 million with around 25 28 maybe $30 million bucks in guaranteed money. Okay, on that guaranteed money, that sounds reasonable to me, and on the guaranteed money, 40% of that automatically by court order goes to his creditors, goes to his old bills from back in 2007, 2006, 2005, 40%. On top of that, he's got to pay the income tax on it. So when you put it all together, he'll end up with about a third of that bonus for himself. The rest of it goes to the old loans and to the IRS. Well, as you uh, write, anything above $10 bucks earned in one fiscal year, 40% to creditors. He's obviously being taxed at about 35 to 38%. Right. Um Agents' fees, et cetera, et cetera. Lester, unless he's got some deductions that we just don't know about, this guy's going to be left with about $16. The, uh, he's got big problems. This, the stuff that's going on here, Chet, this is the kind of thing where he's getting emails and phone calls and emergency calls from lawyers on an almost daily basis. He must be inundated with paperwork because of this bankruptcy case. And somehow... He is able to set that to one side, practice and play at a level that we've never seen him play. It, it, it is a, it's a tribute to him that he can handle all of these complications and distractions and still play the way he is. Is there a real villain besides Michael Vick? I mean, Michael Vick cannot be forgiven for what he did to, uh, uh, to the dogs. I mean, that's inhumane. It's, uh, it's criminal, and he served uh, his time and paid his debt to... Uh, Society, but I wonder, Lester, looking at all the dough that's been blown by this guy, is there is there a family member that you're aware of? Is there uh, somebody who was dealing with Michael on a uh, on a business level who emerges as the villain in this story? There's a handful of villains, and they're all in the category of either agent or financial advisor. His first agent, I don't even know the guy's name. It's a company called Joel Enterprises. Vic fired him. The agent sued him, got a judgment that is now worth $6 million. The agent did nothing for this guy. And then he had a series of financial advisors. There were four in a row who all they did was take Vic's money. Either they lost it on investments or they just spent it on themselves. I, I did a piece about them a couple of years ago. He, he, Michael, was the victim of these guys. He's very gullible. He would listen to them. The, the other, If there's any other villain in the case, it's his brother Marcus, who spends a lot of Michael's money and brought into his world two of these financial advisors who turned out to be thieves. So the guys that, that Vic has to get rid of 
are the financial advisors and maybe stay away from Marcus for a couple of years. Uh, we move on. Luster uh, Thursday night uh, football uh, on the NFL Network, which, of course, is conveniently owned by the National Football League. Andre Johnson and his uh, Sunday football frolics, uh, 12 rounds for the uh, WBC Light Heavyweight Championship of the World. Uh, I would offer this up right now. Uh, the two parties involved, Johnson and the uh, the other creep, uh, fined $25,000 each. If this were not a primetime NFL uh, cable football game, Johnson and the other guy involved would have been suspended one ball game. I don't have any doubt about that. It's lucky for both of them that this game was scheduled for the Thursday night. That meant the commissioner had limits on what he could do to them. Johnson is obviously the premier player uh, for his team in that game, and without them, uh, the National Football League and its network lose a lot of money. Uh, This next item that we're going to talk about is almost, to me, it reads as if uh, an archbishop is suing the Catholic Church. (laughs) Budweiser is after Major League Baseball. I mean, they've been locked at the hip for three decades, for heaven's sakes. Budweiser has been the official beer of Major League Baseball since 1980. It is also the official beer of 26 of the 30 teams in Major League Baseball. And now they're negotiating to renew the deal. They come to an agreement. It takes seven pages, single-spaced, to describe the agreement. Both sides sign it. Then they start sending emails to each other congratulating each other on a terrific deal. And then Major League Baseball says to Budweiser, sorry, we think we can do better with Miller or with somebody else. And so they basically are now arguing over whether Major League Baseball reneged on a deal it had made with Budweiser. And Budweiser decided they would file suit, and they did in New York City. And now off we go. The impact of pro football, reading directly from the piece that you authored, according to various reports, the Brewer pays the NFL $43 million, while it would pay MLB only $10 million for the same things. I don't, in my opinion, congratulations, Budweiser, for doing good business. And number two, it shows the extraordinary impact with our national pastime, pro football. It is a measure of what is the most successful enterprise in sports. Obviously, it's the National Football League. Major League Baseball is clearly embarrassed when it learned of all the money Budweiser was paying to the National Football League. Now they want to shop it around and they want to see if they can do better. Maybe they can do a little better, but let's face it, they're not going to be at any kind of NFL number. But if there was a signed agreement between the two parties, what court of law is going to bust it? It looks to me like Budweiser has a terrific case. There is one funny thing about it. Usually, if a lawyer sues for breach of contract, the first thing they do is they put the contract They attach it to the lawsuit as an exhibit so everybody can see it and they can Mm -hmm. see what happened. For some reason, Budweiser's lawyers did not do that in this case, causing me to suspect maybe this isn't the airtight deal that Budweiser claims it is. We're going to find out between now and probably March, but maybe there's something else here that we haven't seen yet. Hey, Lester, in conclusion, uh, you know a great deal about Michael Vick. You covered the trial. You've been on this guy like a blanket now for... uh, about three years. Is there a chance that Michael, who's kind of a sensitive guy in his own way, and that that seems nuts given what transpired with the dogs, but Michael is kind of a sensitive guy. Might he, might he break before 2015 under these constraints? 
Well, you know, that's a really good question. He, he is under considerable pressure because of the bankruptcy case, because of his family obligations. He had seven or eight people in his family that he had on his payroll. They are now, the only ones who are still getting paid are his mother, Brenda Bodie, and the fiance, uh, Kiafa Frank. Everybody else now is not happy with him. Um, I, I think probably if he were going to have some sort of incident or some sort of breakdown, he would have had it by now. With the success he's having on the field, with some more money, no doubt, coming in, he might be able to get through this. But believe me, Chet, a guy playing at this level with these complications in his life, I am impressed with Michael Vick for the first time during this entire three years. Lester, I never thought I would see the day when a ball player would be clobbered as badly as Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was clobbered by Tom Collins. Kareem is a virgin in comparison with what Michael Vick is undergoing right now. There's no doubt about it. It was one guy who ripped off Kareem, and he was able to make another fortune. Here, Michael Vick, there's a whole series of people who have come at him uh, and done him wrong in major, major ways. There are people who made off with 2 3 and $4 million uh, among his financial advisors. And that does it for Sports Court. He is Lester Munson, legal expert ESPN. I'm Chet Kopik. We thank our technical advisor, Dan Lovey. And, of course, we thank the great people at American Taxi for their continued support. American Taxi, your premier, premier Chicago suburban cab service. Don't forget, when you want that smooth, comfortable ride at the right price anywhere in the suburban area or you want to ride from the suburbs down to Chicago, whatever the case may be, always rely on American Taxi. We'll catch you in seven days. So long, everybody.